Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Richard Herring! Thank you. Hello. Welcome. Sorry, I come in. There's a man arriving with drinks. That's what I like to see. Uh, welcome to Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, for a hef. You had some cool kids in today, I noticed. Uh, there was some... There was so uh, fuck. Always drop something. That's my, that's my new shtick. That's what I'm going into, spilling water. Uh, there was some discussion on Twitter whether the H in Rehef... Oh, you let me down. Uh, should be uh, should be silent, like rhomboid has an H in it, doesn't it? But uh, that person doesn't really understand because it make, they thought ref would be easier to say. But that's not the point, is it? It's meant to be as difficult to say as possible. And um, it's weird. Today there's been some odd stuff. A lot of people started... Um, it's a bit embarrassing. A lot of people started calling me the, the king of Edinburgh on, on, twi- on tweets and stuff. And I just... I want to try and stop that... Uh, it's, I, I feel embarrassed about that. There's a thousands of performers here at the Fringe and they're all equally as important. It's lovely that people feel they want to say that about me, but please do. I'm no more special than anyone else. Uh, and the list have been ringing up saying, can I go on the front cover in a throne and wearing a crown and stuff. It's just, I, don't, I just don't know if it's appropriate, so I hope that will be stamped out. I don't know how it, don't know how it started. It just sprung up from nowhere yesterday. Thank you very much. So there you go. But it's not. You haven't understood what I just what I just said. I said don't don't do that. That would be awful. Um, so uh, uh, and I've just been at the gym. Well, I've been swimming because I'm trying to keep. I'm trying to lose some. I put on a fuck of load of weight when I was doing as it occurs to me. The last series of that, I lost loads of weight on tour, and then I bought some suits. Uh, now I don't fit into any of the suits I've got. So you'll see me wearing this grey. So I've got two suits that I can just squeeze into at the moment. This grey one and the one I wear in What Is Love Anyway, 850 at the cow barn. Uh, and uh, so if you, I'm still wearing this in a week's time, you'll know the diet isn't working out. But there's, <laughs> there's two or three more suits. I wear suits now. I've changed, haven't I? Awful. Uh, and I was in, I, I went swimming. I did uh, 20 lengths, not bad. For an old man, and uh, then I went in the jacuzzi, and um, it's, it's embarrassing the jacuzzi. I feel because there's other people around, and you sit on the shoots, and I never quite understand really with the jacuzzi whether what the point of it really is. Are you meant to be getting off on that a little bit? <laughs> is that it is, isn't it? I mean, that's what it's about. But no one says that. Everyone pretends it's some massage thing, and then puts their anus on. I don't know why their anus, <laughs> their anus needs so much massaging, but. It's very relaxing in there in many ways. But I was, every time I go in, I wear these kind of trunks that are shorts, you know. And every time I'm in there, they start filling up with air, which you can... And they get, like, a balloon full of air. And then if it's still going, you can push that and it doesn't matter. But if, if the jacuzzi then stops, you're left either with everyone looking at you, you've got, like, massive balloon pants on, or you push that air out and then it looks like you've done a gigantic guff. In the, it's very embarrassing. So my Michael McIntyre material about uh, and about being in jacuzzi. He'll, do, he'll be doing that next, don't you? I, I observed that and then I said it. Uh, and, um, uh, and also in pant-based news, yesterday I was wearing some boxer shorts, but they were kind of quite lycra block. They were Calvin Klein, quite cool. That's what the kids wear, right, Calvin Klein? Uh, and uh, quite cool, but they were really big, and I was just wearing my pants. I was in the flat with my girlfriend, and I realised I could pull my pants right up over my tits, <laughs> like that. And I looked like I looked like Humpty Dumpty. It was good. And these massive pants. My girlfriend didn't like it. She didn't think it was sexy. I thought it might get her going. 
And, you know, in about 10 years' time, I'll genuinely have pants like that, so she better get used to it. She's going out with an old, old man. That's what old men do. They, they, as you get older, your waistline gets higher. It's quite impressive. I mean, I'm not a massively... I'm not a massive man. My stomach's quite large. So that's quite impressive. So, it's, you know, it's, imagine that. I should have... Maybe tomorrow I'll bring them in and do it for you. <laughs> the danger is there is a slight seepage issue when you do... Because you're, you're stretching them to their limit, so there's a danger... Of slippage, uh, but um, uh, and the news today uh, is that uh, on the front page of the Sunday Mirror, Shane Ritchie has uh, a man who's quite sad because you know remember Saint Shane Ritchie when he was a stand-up to begin with, he started calling himself the Legend, right? He called himself Shane the Legend Ritchie, hoping that just everyone else would start calling him the Legend as well. Isn't that pathetic to try and start <laughs> Shane the Legend Ritchie? That idiot. Uh, but anyway, apparently he's been um, having sex with the. Uh, they've made it look like he's a paedophile, basically, because they've got a picture of him with a 13 year old girl on the front of the Sunday Mirror. He is not a paedophile, as far as I know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but the girl who ran his fan club went from 16 years old and did his web page. He then, when she was 20, started having a secret affair with her, allegedly but definitely truly as well. Uh, and, uh, uh, which is kind of, you know, it's a bit, a bit seedy, isn't it? And I'm just, uh, this is a message out to Rob Sedgbeer, who's been doing my website since about 1995. <laughs> We've been playing the slow game, Rob. That's what it is. It's the... But I, you know, I have often wondered, it's kind of a weird thing when I can, I can sort of understand it because you, you obviously have... When I, I was on TV a few years ago, you young girls there won't remember that I was actually on TV. And, uh, and then uh, quite often now, sort of girls that were about 30 years old will come up to me and go, oh, I really fancied you when I was 11 years old. <laughs> but they're not 11 years old now, right? They're adults. But it still feels a bit awkward, you know, when in the days when I was a single man, that feels like an awkward... It, essentially, I feel like I've been grooming them. And uh, without... I mean, would it be wrong? Is it wrong to then, if they were, if you were single, to then take advantage of that? It is wrong. It, not when they're thirty, but they were eleven. They're still inside their heads. They're eleven. They're an eleven-year-old going. I can't believe it. I'm getting off. I'm getting off with the ugly one from Fist of Fun. I can't. <laughs> if only it was the other one. Uh, I forgot to mention uh, for anyone in from the southwest of England here. No, no. Well, this, this will mean nothing to anyone. <laughs> but Gus Honeybun was 50 years old uh, yesterday. <laughs> there we go. Uh, anyone from the southwest, or people who holo holidayed there, he was a little bouncing uh, rabbit. Um, that they had a little birthday section on TSW. Fern Britton used to do it in the days before she was um, um, a national, international star. Uh, and uh, he used to do bunny hops and press magic buttons. And my friend Brian Buck, he could do it between like the ages of four and 11, I think. But my friend Brian Bunkroft was on Gus Honeybun. His name was read out. His birthday was read out on Gus Honeybun when he was 11, which was a little bit too old. We, uh, we took the piss out of him. And look, I'm still doing it now, 33 years later. But happy birthday to Gus Honeybun. Uh, I thought someone might get that. And of course, there's been riots um, on the streets of Tottenham, which is a very exciting news. Uh, they're upset because I'm not there. I've left, I've left London. I'm the, I keep everyone calm in London when I'm not around. They get edgy. But uh, I saw some footage of it, and they, uh, there was, I mean, it's pretty hor horrific. It's not a laughing matter, but let's give it a go. And uh, <laughs> they, uh, 
there were guys kind of attacking. Like, the early footage is a guy sort of attacking this police car. There's a police car in the street, and there are some guys all hooded up, trying to throwing bricks at this police car. But amongst the blows and smashing the window, amongst them are some other blokes who've picked up some traffic cones and are throwing traffic cones at a police car, which looks a little bit pathetic when the other people are throwing rocks. You know, and they throw these traffic cones and they bounce off the top of the... Because traffic cones are designed to be hit by cars going at 50 miles an hour. They are not a weapon to break... A, you're going to look pathetic. It's like there were some students who kind of got caught up in this, going, oh, we've got traffic cones. Oh, fuck, no. Turned a bit nasty. What are we going to do? Shit. Uh, i find a way out of it. And they've been looting shops, but the only ones, the, the pictures, I mean, I don't know if there are any nice shops in Tottenham. I don't, but uh, it's not, it's no Shepherd's Bush, that's for sure. But um, we've got the Westfield now. Uh, and, um, uh, but they, the, the shops I've seen that they were attacking are bod the body shop that there was looted, presumably getting their Christmas presents sorted out for their mum. Lidl, Lidl, someone looted Lidl. I mean, if you're gonna, you, if you've got, you know, the law has broken down, you can steal anything you want. You don't go, hey, Lidl have got some good bargains, let's go there. You can steal from Marks and Spencer's food court. Get some expensive fruit, what were you thinking? And carpet right as well was attacked. So, uh, and spec savers or something like that. It was Vision Express or something. So it's kind of in incredible. They took, they took empty frames from <laughs> Vision Express. Presumably there's some sketch troops coming up to the Edinburgh Fringe going, hey, we could use these as brilliant props for hilarious characters. So it's insane. So later on, when we get to the competition, I may ask you to think of what is the least impressive thing you could do during a riot. Law has broken down. What is the, the least way you could manage to break the law or the most pathetic shop you can uh, loot? So have a think about that. Uh, and that might you may that might win you some much money. There's going to be money tickets to other shows, uh, a copy of As It Cursed to Me, the complete pumpkin, uh, and uh, it's a good show. It's an amazing with lots of extras on it. You can get that from www.gofasterstripe.com if you're at home. Uh, but uh, look, I've done ages. Oh, I've done ten minutes. That's all right. Let me just check. There's nothing else coming up that I needed to mention. Uh, oh, we're, we're number one in iTunes still. This I can't believe that because usually, um, well done to us. Congratulations. Um, but we've been, it's been number one on iTunes for like over a week, which is incredible because usually Friday comes along and the, the BBC shows kind of all get loaded up. So that is incredible. It will now, the minute I've said that, it won't be anymore. But uh, I, don't, I don't know if that just means that no one's listening to podcasts anymore. I think that might be the case because it's sort of suspicious. It's based, based, on, based on new subscribers rather than anything meaningful. So uh, anyway, never mind. But well done to us. And so look, I'm going to introduce my guest for today. He's uh, hopefully ready, ready to come on. He's uh, a political comedian. We're going to have some proper fun with the politics today uh, but also he, if you don't like politics he looks a bit like a kind of clown so you can just you can just look at him and laugh at his stupid face if you get bored if you get bored it's alright he's backstage you can't hear any you won't hear any of this so uh, he's a fantastic comedian and a, and, a, and a veteran podcaster done 160 podcasts with John Oliver uh, his more successful double act partner will you please welcome the incredible Andy Zaltzman ladies and gentlemen here he comes it's AZ AZ A to the Z to the Jay-Z hello welcome welcome to uh, the Edinburgh Fringe podcast how are you doing I'm all right, thanks. H how's your day been so far in Edinburgh? It's been absolutely sensational. <laughs> just just that was the I just spilled water. Oh, this is the clown thing. Well, I that was thought, the unquestioned moment. I was trying to go, go for you. It's the second time I spilled water this podcast so far. What slapstick thing will happen next? That one went onto my penis. So that is... I've got a slightly damp penis there. You can see some dewdrops around it. It's water. 
What happened? Andy Zaltzman came on. I ejaculated. I thought, how am I going to cover this? <laughs> that's, love, that's why I never clown. got on telly. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened so far today? You were up late last night, I understand. What I was up making an unbelievably infantile walkout track, uh, which I don't know if any of you are going to come. I'm going to explain it. <laughs> probably won't come to my show. But, they um, definitely will. You'll definitely come to my show yeah. or I will hunt you down and kill you. Wow. <clears throat> Uh, it was um, Mozart's Ave Verum Corpus <laughs> with lots of comedy sound effects on the top going, <laughs> which um, anyway made me laugh out loud <laughs> in my room on my own at 3.30 a.m. <laughs> Most people in Edinburgh on a Saturday night are out taking That's drugs, right. getting drunk, getting yeah. off with young ladies or men. Yeah. Not I don't you. Andy Zaltzman putting comedy <laughs> sound effects <laughs> onto classical music. That's right. Yeah. All the acts are going yeah. out to that Mozart stuff this this. This festival, that's awesome. uh, so hack. Uh, so what's your show? What is your show? You've been well, doing a couple sh- of shows. Yeah, my show, my main show is Armchair Revolutionary in Stand 3 in the afternoons, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, my most infantile show to date, <laughs> as I've probably just uh, given a hint at with that, that last story. And yes, yeah, I guess about the revolutions that have been taking place this year and whether I'd have the balls to take part. Has anyone here ever, ever been in a revolution? <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyone no. been who, who Scotland are independent. Surely some people are yeah. were part of that uh, yeah. revolution that's going towards that. Getting the parliament, they're not independent yet. They've <laughs> uh, they got yeah. the part. They're on yeah. the way. They might as well be. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what about whose side have you been on? In the, in the revolutions, yeah, yeah. mainly you're on quite the, an autocrat. Man. Mainly on the side. I don't. I, know, I did do the Hitler moustache show, which some yeah. people think means I support Hitler. Uh, but uh, I, I grudgingly support some of the things right. he did. But uh, no, I, I, I'm mainly, I'm mainly on Wh- the side which of which thing specifically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do I need to be sitting slightly further away? He was um, yeah, the facial hair was good, and uh, yeah, it was it was adequate. Architecture, like. nice architecture. Yeah. Check out if you take the swastikas out, that was a bit, yeah, um, a bit glitzy. Yeah. Uh, he cared for his, looked what, after his dog. On the subject of uh, Nazi Germany, I've learnt um, I've learnt a very uh, very important thing recently, and that is never read two autobiographies at the same time, <laughs> because I'm still struggling to understand why Miley Cyrus was Hitler's favourite architect, <laughs> <laughs> and why Albert Speer allowed himself to become a teenage sex object. It's good. It's good, good advice. advice uh, I'm on the side of the Libyan rebels, I would say. Oh yeah, start. the I'm rebels. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I'm slightly torn in the in uh, the Afghan Afghan war. I have to say, I, right. I'm, I'm actually on the side of the of the Taliban on really? that one. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm like the underdogs. I think it's I always go for the underdog. Right. And uh, as, as sad as it is for many people to die in a terrible yeah, helicopter crash, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got to admire bad. them for man. It's like a little. It's like. David taking That's down Goliath. It's like it? the FA Cup, but yeah, more so. It essentially, is. it is. They've got, they've got him back. They've got back. It's got back for Osama bin Laden. This fantastic work. They've, ta- <laughs> they've taken out some of the friends, the people unpopular in Scotland. A lot of fans, a <laughs> lot of fans of the American imperialists in today. I see. Yeah. They're, they're like the stormtroopers. I just America, like to see you? an exciting contest myself. Yeah. I don't really care who wins. <laughs> yeah. Just you know, may the may the better army win on the day. That's all I'm saying. And if uh, Tottenham turns into a into a revolution in England, are you going to uh, incorporate that into the Edinburgh show? Yeah, it's very well, timely for yeah, you. Yes, I might. Well, I'm just, yeah, I might try and write a joke on it before the afternoon <laughs> okay. show. It's but mainly I, I, just I, I stealing think, stuff. I yeah. mean, at mo- I don't think in Libya the rebels are going around going, "Oh look, there's a good little Tank. rug shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a let's get some uh, coffee." Yeah, from get there. one of Gaddafi's kids <laughs> or something to steal as a souvenir. <laughs> well, apparently, uh, Gaddafi has. 
appealed for calm on the streets of London today. <laughs> so, that, so that David Cameron should step down for the good of his nation. So. I tell you but what, he, could, he, he says Cameron can stay in Britain, <laughs> but, but he must step down. So. What I quite liked about the coverage as well, have you seen the, the footage? I haven't, you know, no. the, 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 there was a double-decker bus. They attacked a double-decker bus, which I know is not usually seen as the... Are there no the, heroes I, anymore? I could, underst <laughs> I could understand the police cars a little bit, but the double-decker, well, they'll teach you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not going to be able to get to work on Monday <laughs> now. Uh, but they burned a double-decker bus to the ground, and it's, right. it's like an art installation. When you see it, it's you've never seen a double-decker bus just burnt and allowed to burn, and it collapses down into this kind of skeleton of... Right. Uh, it makes it look like... Like a kind of elephantine kind of creature. So it's very, win, win the very artistic. Prize, win the Turner Prize, mate. Yeah, it, would, it absolutely would. It's just did, need to they didn't see that. The double decker bus. Oh, it's incredible. It was worth the right just for that. If you didn't see it, if you didn't what, see it, what? go and set fire to a double decker bus. <laughs> it is worth it. Try and get the people off if you can. There'll be some old ladies on the on the on the top deck. Yes. Yeah. Do you take the? Do they take the people off first? I hope. So. I hope so. Because that, if not, and that just comes out in the news, I'm going to look quite sick. Yeah, there was a skeleton of a double-decker bus <laughs> with some old dead old ladies in it. Richard, you see Richard Herring? First of all, he had a go at the American heroes. <laughs> Said he liked Hitler, and now he's calling for <laughs> the death of grannies. I like to, Indiscriminate I like, granny side. I like to explore <laughs> the opposing point of view. You know, that's why I like to just... <laughs> So, uh, and your other show, I'm, I'm in your other show. Yeah, it, that's, that's Political Animal on this very stage here, Mondays to Thursdays at midnight. Cool. You're doing the gala opening night. I am, I'm very excited about that. Showbiz event of the year. Uh, do I have to do political-based material? Cause Preferably. It probably will be me just saying, oh. I like the Taliban and Hitler. That's fine. And <laughs> killing old ladies. That's, that's, well, that po that's politics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As long as I don't get lynched for it. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, as long as the lynching is yours. That's okay. That's the key. So you are in a uh, you're in a double act when you yeah. do podcasts, as I've done. Yeah. I've been I've been in a double act. Maybe I still am. Who knows? Yeah. We're in a double act. <laughs> and uh, who? Um, what's it like? Because John Oliver, you were do working with John Oliver. Someone yeah. uh, tweeted me incidentally a couple of days ago when they heard you were on and said, "Can they have their money back for the preview you did in 2005?" I forget which venue, and you listed quite a few. Yeah, it could yeah, have been. been a lot. So <laughs> I think. Are you sure it wasn't the City Screen in York? Because that was a definite career lowlight. I don't that think was it was. It was. Was it were the same? Oh, oh no, right, okay, <laughs> right. And, and I don't, the, if the if infamy if has spread, clearly. If he'd, if he'd been there, do you think he'd be here now? And <laughs> oh, fucking Andy Zoltz. I remember I followed you and John uh, Aldershot. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, that, that was 2004. Yeah, we didn't leave uh, a lot on the stage <laughs> there that night. And uh, there, was some, uh, there was some very angry men in the audience. Yes. And when I came on and started talking about Greek gods, they went, oh, fuck, not another one. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know how your show had gone down. Well, uh, but then the, I said to him, "Look, uh, you're not going to enjoy this. I'll give you your money back now. I'll give you my half of the money back now." He said, "I'm not. Uh, don't patronise me. I will enjoy this." And then 30 seconds later, he left. <laughs> and I said, "Ah, I could have had your money back if you'd done 30 seconds ago." And then he came face to face with me, and he was—I think he may have been in the SAS—and right. uh, he uh, just nose to nose with me, shouting in my face. And that, because I was on stage, you know how that is sometimes. Yeah. No fear. Just went, "Yeah, it's yeah. alright. Fuck you." Yeah. Man like this little wiry man, and he didn't punch me. But if he had, it would have been your fault. Oh, <laughs> I'm trying to set up a more. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we also did another preview. Uh, 2004, <laughs> the night England and Portugal were playing in the European Championships, and Richard was on first in the space in Docklands to right, yeah. a packed house of 12 people. <laughs> and then John and I were on the second half, but we wanted to watch the football, which then went to extra time and penalties. So we started 40 minutes late, 
Of the 12 people who'd been to see Richard, only four had stayed to see us. <laughs> They'd been the only four in the bar during the interval who weren't watching the football. <laughs> <laughs> they sat there with their arms crossed and stony faces for 20 minutes before all getting up and saying, I'm sorry, we're going to have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> leaving John and me in an empty room, <laughs> wondering whether we had to go on with the game. <laughs> what did you do? Uh, well, did you I decided on? not to, to be honest, but... Um, <laughs> 100% walkout, that's a good... 100% walkout. <laughs> I'm sure there have been some good previews as well. If, you, uh, if, you've, oh, not many, if you've seen a good preview of Andy Zoltzman and John <laughs> But how does it feel? You, know, you, and you and John obviously yeah. work separately as well together, as most double acts, or a lot of double acts do. But John then went on to go to America yeah. and appear in The Love Guru, which you must have well, been furious yes. about. That was uh, and, uh, and on the, on the Daily Show. Yeah. And he's a massive star. Massive marrying star. Some millionaire yeah. war hero or something, is that yes, right? Yes, that's right. So how does that, how does that feel, being stuck well, back not being married stand? to a millionaire <laughs> war hero? Well, I couldn't live with that. Uh, well, it's just the way it goes, isn't it? Because I can't imagine what it's like being in a double act and the other one goes off and being much more successful. That's why I, I can't imagine it. I can't put myself really? in Stuart's shoes. That's <laughs> the problem. It must be awful for him really? and it must be awful for you. That's what I'm right. suggesting. I heard Andrew Collins is the new James Bond. As well, <laughs> <is that right>? <laughs> well <laughs> Well, I, you know, I thought that's when I went for a second double act. I thought, I know, I'll choose someone who definitely won't be more successful than me. <laughs> then he gets the sixth music show and I don't. That's what happens. They change. Oh. Never mind. Let's not bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So uh, do you, you still do your podcast yep. from across the Atlantic yes. from each other. So in I'm in a studio in Wapping in London. Yeah. And uh, John's in... Uh, not now, right? No, not you know, now. This isn't yeah, a sophisticated so hologram. Yeah, uh, I'm in a studio. No, no, when, we do the, when we record the podcast. Uh, okay, right, good. And John's in Manhattan. So <laughs> I think he does slightly better out of the <laughs> geographical location. Yes. Whopping versus Manhattan, generally. Um, yeah. Generally, Manhattan tends to win that. And it's, called, it's called The Bugle? The, the Bugle, yeah. yeah. How's that doing in the I, iTunes charts at the moment? I don't, uh, <laughs> let, I don't know what's number one. I don't know what I've heard. I don't know. <laughs> I hear the King of Edinburgh's doing quite well. Oh, I don't know who it is. The King of Edinburgh, people's going on about it. We can't possibly complete with a king. <laughs> the King of Edinburgh. I mean, it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah, I don't well, know how it's. Yeah. <laughs> we have, we have listeners. We had an email in from Antarctica, which was, and someone from Darfur as well. Yeah. Working for an aid agency, which is quite great. Yeah, it's quite cool when you get people yeah. from all over. I mean, people from even Scotland listening to my. Really? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I don't think we've got any. <laughs> you just think, wow, from like as not far north as like yeah. Aberdeen, you know, that, far, that wow. far north in the wilds of Scotland. Uh, but <laughs> they hate it in Scotland when I take the piss out of Scotland. I don't know what it is when I take the mickey. They go all quiet. <laughs> That's the best sense of humour in the world they've got in Scotland. Uh, I'm, writing a, I'm writing a Radio 4 show about, the, about Scott, my Rich Dennings objectives, which I've been doing. At the, oh, hello. Some fans of that outside. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's that's the, some of the clacks. And the King of Edinburgh is here. <laughs> Everyone, come in here. Uh, but I'm doing like you know those uh, those Tamashanti hats, but they've got ginger hair stuck on. I'm not gonna. Oh, yeah. Getting on to ginger hair. I'm not. All right. Okay. Yeah, you could just. Yeah, right. You. I mean, you don't have the. Where are you is, going with this? You can save money on those, can't you? Because you can just buy. Just, you can just buy, buy a Tamashanti hat, right. and you've got that already. Yeah. So you know that you're laughing, but that is, uh, I'm doing it about, I'm doing a show about, about that. And I'm surprised because Scottish people, they don't like being called Scotch. They get very upset if you call them really? Scotch. They don't like you taking, saying Grey Fries Bobby, it didn't exist. They don't like that right. sort of stuff. They don't like you saying all uh, that William Wallace was gay, all that sort of stuff. They don't like any of that. But they're not they're happy for a shop called the Pride of Scotland to just sell those hats. That is, that is the Pride of Scotland. And uh, they don't. There should be riots in Edinburgh. There should be. 
I think part of the reason there isn't is because it's pissing down with rain all the fucking time. Yeah. That, that's how the populace are kept. Well, that's how the, that's how, how those hats originated. Yeah. Was that the, 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 the ginger hair conducts water faster away from the head than <laughs> other colours of hair. So they were invented as a rain hat by the Scottish military in the 12th century. <laughs> That's a fact. That is uh, a well fact. I'm going to put that in fact. my show as yeah. a fact. <laughs> How do you, have you ever uh, suffered from gingerism? Um, Which is uh, people being... It's not like a medical condition. <laughs> uh, it's uh, people uh, judging by, your, by your, the colour of your hair. Do you um, were bullied at school? I mean, you, you, well, I was bullied at school. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. It was, I think it was because I was a bit of a dick. Not <laughs> because I was ginger. I don't were, know. You were you kind of balding at school as well? I was, that, yeah. That would have been to be honest, if anything, my hairline's come forward in the last 20 years. So. <laughs> I come in twenty years' time. It's gonna be down here. <laughs> Good. Um, what else have I got for you? Let's see. Uh, now, this is a question I've been asking uh, quite a few of yep. my uh, my guests. What would it take for you uh, to fillet Keith Allen? What would what would you if you what would you have to get in return if you if you were guaranteed to get something? How right. far would it have to? Would it be money? Would it some something? World peace or something like that. But is there any circumstance in which you would fillet the actor Keith Allen? Well, <laughs> on a world peace, I prob probably would do it. Okay, yeah. But I'd have to have a guarantee. Yeah, well, that's and if the it problem. Didn't, if it didn't then work, if world peace broke, yeah. I, w I would want that fellation <laughs> back as a, like a refund. <laughs> he would need to fillet me back. <laughs> <laughs> Would in a way you'd be hoping that world peace didn't didn't but come about? <laughs> this could be. It. I thought you were going to just try and spit Keith Allen Seaman back into his cock. That's how the kind of reverse. In you get, store it in your cheeks. No world peace. Then just up the into the meters, as it should be called. Not yeah. not the Japs. I like you call it. You racist. <laughs> up the urethra. Back right down the vas deferens into. To his testicular sack. You've, uh, you've thought about this quite a lot, <laughs> haven't you? <laughs> I've thought about the penis a great deal, as you can see. I've, I've thought about it and I label it each night so I can remember which bit's good. Which. Well, that's good. So, world peace for, yeah, for you. World peace. I'm yeah. looking forward to asking uh, Francesca Martinez that question. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> if we, I'm sure we'll have her on. Uh, have you ever been in a jacuzzi and your, your shorts have been filled with air and then you've had to get rid of the air? Um... <laughs> Have you ever been in a jacuzzi? Because uh, there's some comedian suit being in a jacuzzi. I remember being in Adelaide in 1997. Right. I'm not quite that old. Uh, and uh, there's people like Omid Jalili was there before he's famous. Right. And, in um, a jacuzzi. Yeah, they were right. all they were all in, in a uh, parrot. Do you remember parrot? Yeah. And Smiley, who's Michael Smiley, who's a big actor now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Ivor Dembina, who uh, you must know very uh, very well, uh, an, well an, an, the finest an footballer in the over 60s. <laughs> he's an, uh, an elderly Jewish circuit. gentleman, but he sat he sat in the jacuzzi in Adelaide in the sunshine and looked so unhappy that yeah. I've never seen. So Plus, some people just can't sit in a jacuzzi because you may not kind of relax and look cool, but he just sat there looking tense and well, nervous. Well, it's a Jewish thing. Is I mean, that's why I don't go in jacuzzi. Because, well, we osmos. <laughs> so be, be very careful. <laughs> so if I sat in a jacuzzi with a Jewish person, might I become partly Jewish? Is that what you Well, no. Might my foreskin no, no, come no, off? <laughs> <laughs> but could, I could... That might not be connected to that, but, <laughs> but no, the, yeah, the, the the Jewish person, a Jew, a, a Jew in a jacuzzi swells up. <laughs> is that three times its normal size? <laughs> is that why it's called a jacuzzi? <laughs> 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 a jacuzzi. No, no. Yeah, yes, good. 
<laughs> well, you did very well with that. But I, I've, <laughs> I've got quite a funny story about Ivan. He was an absolutely delightful man. He is. And um, uh, I bumped into him in the street just down from here a few years ago during the festival with Adam Bloom. And uh, Ivan had one of those uh, hats with a single red star on the front. And uh, Adam Bloom <laughs> said to him, Ivan, you're the only comedian I know who wears his reviews on his hat. <laughs> 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 very good. Very good. So there you go. I'll um, pass that laugh on to Adam Bloom next <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, we do. Unfortunately, every time we quote someone else's jokes in this in the show, they go better <laughs> than the show, which is a uh, terrible. But uh, if, if you're in a riot, what would you? What would be the worst law breaking you could do? Do you think in a what, riot? The worst. Yeah, well, just like you're in a position where law has broken down, you could do yeah. anything you want. You could go to a diamond shop and steal some diamonds. What well, that would be the best thing you could do, I would say. Right. Kill uh, David Cameron, something like that. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but what would be the least impressive thing you I'd think you could manage to oh, do in a riot si- well, situation? Well, what I'd like to do is give the Queen a piggyback just to see, <laughs> just see if I can break through that icy reserve she has. <laughs> the most, the most pointless thing is um, I'd probably go and steal receipts from Tills. <laughs> <laughs> And then use them in your tax return. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You could type <laughs> in bring it down from the 100 inside. pounds. <laughs> and leave the money in the till, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that would be course. quite good. That would be a good thing. Now, well, uh, no, what would be good, though, yeah. to make your point that this is violence is not the way to solve anything, is to go into a shop that is being looted and buy something. <laughs> <laughs> it would be good. Now, if there, are there any shows... Have you seen... You haven't seen any shows in Edinburgh? I haven't seen any no, shows no, yet. Nor me. No. Uh, it's not... I don't much fun is that? I don't know why people come. No, it's much better, be much better being in shows. Are there any of you seen any adverts of things that look brilliant or terrible? I have not really looked at the fringe cards, you know, to be honest. Have you seen it like out in the streets? I saw, <coughs> you know, a lot of people take those taxi adverts now, so the side of the taxi yeah. will become dedicated to their show. I can't, I think it might have been the Magnets, they were a musical group, and they took the whole side of the taxi, and there's one, on one side, there's a guy jumping up in the air looking really happy, and then there's on the other side, there's another guy jumping up in the air on the advert, but what they failed to take into account is the door handle of the taxi, and the second guy's head is just replaced by the door, door handle, handle of the taxi. Right. So he ju- he, I just imagine he must be furious. That must have cost quite a lot of money. And one of the blokes is getting like his getting picture handled. And the other one is, unless, uh, as Seymour May said, he just has a face that is a taxi <laughs> <door> <laughs> In which Maybe case, it was a brilliant publicity coup. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd be annoyed by yeah. that. But uh, a lot of people have been talking about all the spiky hair, T-shirt, young lads. Oh, there's a lot of that. Wearing well, I thought it's, uh, always during Edinburgh, posters go up. And even by the time you get here on day one, someone has a penis on their face. <laughs> that is the first rule of Edinburgh Poster. The first one, uh, Russell Kane, who won. Right. <laughs> He's got was it last year he won the... Um, I think so, yeah, the yeah. Is cool now. Already and, uh, penis. Already penis and the word bellend across <laughs> his face. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's no reflection on Russell Kane. That is just the natural order of things. <laughs> when I did Hitler, Hitler Moustache, the, the poster of Hitler Moustache, which was already quite scary, right? Uh, outside <laughs> of, uh, of, the, uh, of the underbelly, someone had, like, drawn devil horns on it, put bad man, and drawn a Hitler Moustache on it. <laughs> <laughs> but it already had a Hitler Moustache. It was me and him. Really? All they were doing was reinforcing the message. Okay. They should have turned it into a Stalin moustache. <laughs> they that would have been the thing done to a do. big long one. Uh, and lots of people have been going around drawing crowns on my on my <laughs> posters. <laughs> I don't know what's going. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, but the next stage is them drawing guillotines. <laughs> 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 
that's it. That's what happens. As Russell Kane showed, one year you're the hero, the next you have yeah. a cock drawn on your face <laughs> and bell end written on. There was another, and that say actually the same face when I was at the underbelly when I did when I did Headmaster's Son, which was a picture of me like as a ten year old, little cute picture in the middle of it. Someone went and poked out the eyes of that, <laughs> which was a really un unsettling thing to witness of a picture of your uh, yourself as a child. Someone's gone, yeah, I know, I know what I'll do. I'll poke the eyes out of that. <laughs> if they don't like me, that's fair enough. But why take it out on the the innocent eleven year old me, the sweet little me? Well, maybe odd. they blame that 11-year-old for the monster you've become. <laughs> <laughs> if only someone had done that to me when I was 11. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm hoping it has some retrospective voodoo effects. <laughs> <laughs> reset time. You're saying I'll yeah. reset time. Like, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, so uh, also, every day I'm looking at a uh, Edinburgh Fringe memory of my own and my guest. Right. So do you have a favourite? How many times have you been to the Fringe? Um, uh, uh, 11 or 12, I think. Wow. Yeah. Not bad. Not 20, is it? No, That's why, yeah. That made you kind of a duke of Edinburgh. <laughs> There's one of those already. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll buy uh, that so what, what's the funniest thing that's happened to you? The in funniest thing? Of all the Edinburghs you've been here, have you just sat in your house oh, putting the music sound effects on classical music for uh, 12 <laughs> years? <laughs> yeah, mostly that. But I, I had quite a good um, heckle in the, in the Pleasant Courtyard. Uh, one year, when uh, this guy shouted out, I just heard this voice saying, Zoltzman, Zoltzman. And I turned around, and this person I didn't recognise said, yeah, I came to see your show last year, and to be honest, I didn't think it was up to much. <laughs> <laughs> Heckled me a year <laughs> after the show. <laughs> God, there must be a statute of limitations, isn't there? <laughs> a year? That's too long. Then it gives you a long time to yeah. formulate your comeback. Well, I went you're back allowed, you're well, that's right. the, following year, the following year, I went back with my comeback. But he wasn't there. He wasn't there. <laughs> Well, I'm going back again to 1988. This is the story I was going to tell yesterday. I wasn't here in 1990, so I've missed that. Or 89 oh. or 90 or 91. So I'll tell a story from 1988, which was the year that um, I was in the Oxford Review. Uh, and we were. it was the, this year where alternative comedy basically ruled the roost and everyone hated student comedy. I mean, think everyone always hates, probably hated student com comedians, but uh, even more so than everyone. We were the focus of the bitterness and anger, the whole Keith Allen thing I told you about. If you were listening the other day where uh, he kind of sabotaged our show. happened, But we also got booked to do the Gilda Bloom late and live as the Oxford Review, which we took because they were paying us £50. They booked <coughs> us twice. It was £50. It was £10 each. And we needed that money because we were poor students, uh, which was ironic because everyone thought we were really posh and horrible. But basically every single stand-up comedian in town turned up to heckle us. And so we, we went on, we went on. And we didn't, because we were doing sketches, we didn't have mic, we didn't use the microphones, which was a mistake. And I think we didn't really understand either quite how much the Gilded Balloon late in life was just a bear pit in any case. So whoever you were, you would have had a hard time if you were doing that. But they, we had, I can remember seeing the faces of like comedians I loved and, you know, were my heroes. And like Arthur Smith, just, he was cackling and uh, other people just furiously spitting, shouting at us. Because we represented, you know, and then we were treated, as, and it was kind of interesting to me, I guess, that. Because they, it was a generation of comedians who, uh, who believed everyone should be treated equally and not judged by their race or their sex <laughs> or their upbringing. And they were all decided that we were all posh, horrible cunts. <laughs> uh, because we went to Oxford University. And, we and yet, none of us were. We were all doing it because we needed the £10 and we'd all been to comprehensive school and got good A-levels. <laughs> which, surely, they should have approved of. Well. In, uh, <laughs> we were bucking the system. Uh, and so it's kind of, it was a really, really horrible thing to do. My, Emma Kennedy was there. She went and hid at the back of the stage with Catherine Hood and wouldn't come out again behind a curtain. And so I was left to kind of man the fort. This is kind of my worst gig ever, really, I would have thought. And nearly made me want to give up comedy. But we actually were booked three days later to go back. How did uh, that go? Well, we decided we would do it because we needed the £10. <laughs> but we took some different people. We did more sort of stand-up thing. And I was very bitter and angry about it. 
what had happened to me because I felt it was very unfair. And so I decided, and I'd seen a lot of Jerry Sadovitz, and who I liked, and I foolishly thought, let's show our anger and do a really horrible sketch, uh, but that's a bit risky. And I did a, a sketch with Ben Moore, uh, where he was he played my mentally handicapped brother in an orange cagoule, <laughs> and I <laughs> and I made him. Um, uh, you know, he'd cut, he was like backstage. I was trying to do stand up, and then he was going, "Where, where are you? You're right." <laughs> and I had to, <laughs> I had to get him out. It was actually started working quite well. He came, he was sort of backstage. I'm lonely. You can let me. In. <laughs> and so I, and I was like, oh, "I'm sorry. I'm babysitting my brother. He's a bit, this a bit simple, and I've got to look after him." So I came, brought him out on stage, and then I made him dance for a Twix. <laughs> <laughs> to dance, to Dancing Queen, I think it was. We put him Dancing Queen. And then um, when he'd done the dance, I just stamped on the Twix anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the act, the, act, the act was called uh, Herring and Spaz, which I don't, I, don't, I don't approve of that now with my work for scope. Which all, it's just incorrect. He was mentally but ill in any case. not. Uh, but had he gone to a private mentally ill school? <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, the question. And I do remember like, a woman coming up to me in tears after the show saying, my sister just died from a mental illness or right. whatever. How dare you do that? And I was going, I was satirising. That. Right. <laughs> and did she say, oh, that's fine then? <laughs> oh, fine. My mistake. I was somehow satirising <laughs> something. I was satirising something by doing... <laughs> the Doug and the All-Stars were then. They were very angry with me as well. Right. But that was my revenge. And then, uh, the other day, about two, two, 18 months ago, I was working with a producer who, um, who actually also had some mental illness in his family. And... Um, he said, uh, "He said, oh, well, you know, we used to hate the Oxford Review and all that stuff back then. And there was, you went in the Oxford Theatre Group, were you? I said, uh, well, I didn't say anything. And he <laughs> said, oh, I was. He said, because uh, the reason we really hated them there was this year, they came on and they did this. I know it wasn't you. I know this wasn't you, so I know it's not your <laughs> fault. They did this sketch where there was a guy just bullying his mentally handicapped <laughs> brother. And they just thought that. And I went, I just thought... Uh, I just went, yeah, that sounds... <laughs> I can understand why you'd be upset. That sounds... I'd never do anything like that. So it came back to bite me, and, and I kind yeah. of, it was, I was nearly going to stop. I could see where he was going, and I was nearly going to go, I'm going to stop you, because <laughs> that was me. <laughs> but by the time the story had come out, and we were just at the beginning yeah. of working on a project, that would have been, that would have yeah. cast a little shadow over yeah. the, the rest of it, wouldn't and it? by that time, you were probably telling him how much you admired Hitler anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> so be careful. Don't, the, you know, that's a lesson to young comedians. Um, don't do offensive comedy. You're too young to do it. <laughs> <laughs> to understand how it works. Um, okay, so look, I think we might uh, have a little tiny uh, interval where we bring on a uh, one of the newer acts uh, in Edinburgh to do five minutes. Uh, and they are a fantastic double act. I've seen them over the years. I think they've been up to Edinburgh for four or five years, or over the four or five years, both singly and together. Uh, and together, they are the Beermoth. Give them a round of applause. <laughs> Hello. 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 I'm John Luke. And I'm Nadia. Switch, Switch that. Keep, keep up. up. Um, and uh, we've looted Vision Express. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we're up in Edinburgh. Um, we've got quite an exciting guest uh, to, to bring on today. Uh, he's a really sweet little guy. It's his first time um, public, uh, public speaking. So please give yes, him a warm. Yes, he's very nervous. He is, he's very nervous. And I'm going to hide over guy. here while this happens. Uh, so if you could please um, <laughs> welcome to the stage uh, my belly button. I hate blacks. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I, 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 what the fuck? I, 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 I'm, 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 I'
sorry. I, 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 I wasn't expecting that at all. Really, not okay. I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm really sorry. It was, did your belly button just say, I hate blacks? Yeah, he did. It was that is not all right. No, it was going to be delightful. He was going to say, God bless us, everyone. It was going to be really sweet. Um, it, um, it wasn't really no, sweet, know, it was, was it? It was highly offensive. It's just, it's just ignorance. Yes, Luke, it is ignorance, but ignorance is not okay. It is 2011. Yeah. There is a black president in the White House. Yeah. There is a black chancellor of the Exchequer, for God's sake. <laughs> Is, is there? Well, um, there's a Chancellor of the Exchequer who likes blacking up. Yeah. <laughs> Legally, we've got to say, that's just a hunch. It's a very strong no, hunch. Look, I know there's no, I know there's no excuse. I've got my eye on you, Gideon. I, I know there's no excuse for ignorance. No, there is no excuse. There's no excuse for ignorance. No, there isn't. There's not an excuse Good, for we're it. agreed. We know there's no excuse for it. No, there is but no excuse. But if there was an excuse We just for agreed there can't be. There can't be an excuse okay. for it. But if there was an excuse Impossible. for it, I know there can't be an excuse for ignorance. But if there was an excuse for ignorance, it might be being a belly button. <laughs> my belly button's not ignorant. She's progressive and liberal. In fact, she's written a key feminist text. But what's that? Inequality and out-equality. <laughs> by Faber and Faber. <laughs> um, I, I suppose we should ask him to apologise. Yes, I think that would be appropriate, Okay, Luke. Um, okay you're just going to have to apologise. No, no, look, look, sincerely from your... Yep, yep, okay, good. Uh, he would like to very sincerely... Well, um, if that douchebag's coming back, I'm leaving. Okay. Uh, <laughs> offer offer an, an apology to anyone who he may have, may have offended today. My, my belly button, um, with a heartfelt apology. I, uh, hello. I would like to sincerely apologise for my earlier behaviour. It was born out of sheer ignorance. It was just, it was just ignorance. And, and I know there's no excuse for ignorance, uh, but if I was to offer some sort of excuse, it might be being a belly button. He is a belly button. Um, so, by means of apology, I've made a presentation of my five favourite and my five least favourite things. Well, I, think, I think we'd all be fine <laughs> Number one of my five favourite things, equality. I think that whether you are rich or poor, black or white, a belly button or not a belly button, you deserve equal respect. Number two... The um, East Coastal Rail Journeys of Great Britain. <laughs> Number three, the NHS. David Cameron, <laughs> this is the sound of a furious belly button. Number four, okay. pogs. <laughs> I've got some doublers if anybody wants to do a swapsies after the show. Number five, um, women but not in an objectifying way. So, uh, ladies and now for my five least favourite things. Okay, yeah, yeah. Number one, the first pillar of Islam. <laughs> Number two, the second pillar of Islam. Number three, my belly button the one is sincerely um, make that apology. So, um, Number four, the fourth pillar. We've been the, uh, we've been the beer moth. Uh, thanks very much. Thank you. <laughs> So be him off there. What time are you on? Fire four four forty-five. Uh, the Pleasants uh, b below, below the Pleasants. But you go in at ground level, and then go down. Don't go below it before you get in it. Uh, so uh, I mean they're good. They're no herring and spas, but they're good. So um, uh, they're, if they keep working. <laughs>
<laughs> they keep working at it. One of those days. What uh, we got? What what are your uh, what reviews? Do you? Remember? I don't want to keep up because we've we've laid into you a little bit during during That's this. Right. <laughs> just saying your previews have been terrible yep. and you've been heckled retrospectively a year yep. later. But have you got any good reviews that you remember that are very bad reviews of your time? <laughs> yeah. in, your time in Edinburgh. Uh, plenty. Um, yeah. <laughs> my the first review I ever had when I did the Comedy Zone at the Pleasance in two thousand. Uh, the all they said about me was Andy Zaltzman is grindingly mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. But then the next year you got better Next reviews. year, I became a genius in the making. That's good. In the so same newspaper. And the following year it was, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Back and forth. Well, <laughs> Keith Allen said of the Oxford Review, as you'd expect, shit. So, uh, no, there you go. So that was my yeah. first review on national TV. <laughs> uh, and he punched the theatre manager, as we know. So we're going to uh, play for a competition. But this is a bit early. We might have to fill some time later. I've, I've kind of mi I've miscalculated quite right. badly. We've got 15 minutes to fill. Really? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm sure we can think of something else to talk about before. Maybe we, maybe we should do that before we get into the competition. But the competition is always very, very exciting. I've got nothing. So... Um, <laughs> It's only show four. I'm fucked. Fuck, you know. I think we might get away with doing 55 minutes. No one will know as long as you don't mention it. They'll feel... It feels like it's been an hour already. It feels like two hours to some people, right? Uh, so uh, we will... We're going to do a competition now where someone can win. Uh, as it occurs to me, the, the complete pumpkin, here it is in my pocket. There it is. It's good. Uh, I've got tickets. Uh, lots of them. So these will be going out as spot prize. I haven't talked to the audience very much today. I apologise for that. So um, we're going to have to see. But there's a show called... Uh, political collective, which must annoy you, Andy, <laughs> at the stand, because it's nearly the same as yeah. political animal. It's on at the same time. Well, <laughs> it's on at 11.40. They're slashing uh, their own <laughs> markets in two. In stand two. So there's two. You've got to compete. Choice of political gigs. It's on today. You're not on today, though, right? So this, no. isn't, this isn't competing directly yeah. with you. So political collective. It's not as good as political animal. Hell no. No, no way. Uh, Nothing is. It's not as tomorrow's political animal with you on it. The other, yeah, that's got to be great. <laughs> and the other one I've lost. So there we go. Uh, that was Roe one, Campbell. Oh, here we go, it's at the back. Uh, there must be more than one ticket for the other one. To Roe Campbell, uh, who is at the uh, stand four at 10.35. I will find more tickets to his or her show. <laughs> I don't know who Roe Campbell is. He's a boy. He's okay, definitely really, a boy. That's, that's yeah. good that I didn't say she. It sounds like a girl, right? Is it one of those Scotch comics? Is that what it is? Is it one of them? They all have stupid names. Have you noticed? Bloody Scottish people, eh? Who's with me? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'll find this, is, this is why monarchies have fallen apart all over the world, Richard. <laughs> I wonder if they're inside there. The King of Edinburgh turns So, anyway, what people. we need you to do, we're going to do a true or false competition. Uh, and if you think the statement is true, you, uh, you need you all to stand up. So, everyone stand up, and we'll get that out of the way as I explain the rules. Uh, I, we will make a series of statements that may be true or false. If you think the statement is true, uh, put your hand on your head. If you think it's false, put your hand on your bottom, on your own bottom, madam. Yeah, I know, it's right, you can put it on mine. Uh, and uh, and uh, that's what I do, I do a little bit of sexual harassment. All right, sometimes. okay. Uh, and, uh, I said, if you like, though, so I think that makes me a gentleman. I think that's legally yeah. your cover. <laughs> I think so. So, uh, do you fancy it? Maybe. <laughs> Bang, Edinburgh's begun. So, uh, <laughs> and so, and then if you get it wrong, you have to sit down, we'll whittle you down one way. Don't be honest, don't lie, we're watching you. What's going on out there now? The Harry Krishnas are going past. It's, they've heard, they've come. There's a parade of people jingling bells. They've heard I'm here. The King of Edinburgh is here. Please come in. Um, cool. So uh, we'll make statements. We'll start with the statements. So have you got, have you got one to start with? Uh, okay. I'll get a statement. Yep. Uh, in a recent uh, pre-Olympic survey, 43% of all people in Britain think that equestrian dressage 
involves horses shitting in a bucket off a platform. <laughs> Is that true or false? It may be an easy one to start with. Uh, true or false? I think everyone's gone for false for some reason oh. there. Uh, what, what's the answer? It, it is false. false. Yeah, well, the false, idea, yeah. the idea is to try and trick okay, them. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I'm just worried about. Well, I, I can't believe They're I. Very I good at that. You know, I deliberately put these tickets in my pocket so they'd be safe. Right. How have they disappeared? Have I ended up with one for Roe Campbell? There were definitely about eight for Roe Campbell. <laughs> That's terrible. They're going to be. I've got to find them before the end of the show. Uh, maybe they're in my newspaper. Ah. Uh, if you know where my tickets are, then no, that's not, that's not a true or false thing. Uh, so, uh, uh, I haven't thought, I haven't prepared any of these. This is good. This is, this is using up some valuable time. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, uh, my, I originally had a flat uh, here in Edinburgh that was in King Stables Lane. Is that true or false? This year, my first flat in Edinburgh was at King Stables Lane. Would I rivet? You can't put one on each. It has to be. That is cheating. Uh, that is true. That is, so if you said false, sit down. If you want to go and see the flat That's an where awesome I was, fact. where I was going to be living, <laughs> but then it didn't have internet, so I couldn't stay there. That's a King Stables Lane. Fact. King Stables Lane. You're you're one next. Well, I try. Uh, uh, the uh, former England cricketer C. B. Fry, <laughs> amongst other things, including being asked to be king of Albania, attempted to convert the Nazis to Test cricket in the mid 1930s but was sadly unsuccessful. Is that true or false? Make your decision and... Oh, he's changing his mind. Uh, the answer is... It's true. It is true. So sit down if you said false. Good work. Um, whilst the beer moth were on stage, I got myself another cup of water and having spilt water on myself twice already in the, this podcast, I managed to spill half the contents of that <laughs> cup. On me again. Is that true or false? Could, could I have done that for a third time? Is that true or false? You can check me for moisture. <laughs> Come as close as you like. It is true. So uh, sit down if you said false. Unbelievable. That got right. Got rid of loads of people. Uh, you do another. You do another one, uh, Andy. Well, I'm going to just go and see whether I've left those uh, tickets in the dressing room, so you, you can. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> old pad. I can't believe that. I'm, I apologise. I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a, I'm like a clown. That's what I'm like. <laughs> Give us another one. We're, get, we're getting down. We got, the there's a quite a few people over here. The first medical discovery made by Louis Pasteur was that um, <laughs> was to be able, he was the first man to be able to tell the difference between a tantrum and a heart attack. <laughs> That's uh, we do have quite a lot of time to fill, so do keep, the, do keep these coming. True or false? Uh, it doesn't matter if it's true. Everyone's gone for false. I'm afraid it is, it is false. false. It is false. It is false. It is false. Sorry. All <laughs> um, uh, right. The uh, Edinburgh is called uh, the Athens of the North due to the high number of kebab uh, van <laughs> shops <laughs> on North Bridge and Street. Is that true or false? <laughs> true or false? That's, everyone's gone for false. They're correct. There. That is. That is right. good. We've we're not whittling them down, but we're having some fun, right? The um. The second scientific discovery <laughs> by Louis Pasteur was that a shaved dog is angrier than an unshaved dog. <laughs> true or false? See, one of these could end up being true and then someone would just win outright. It's 20 pounds at riding this. True, true or false? That, well, that, I don't know for sure, but I think <laughs> it's probably... I mean, he might have discovered that and not written it down, right, wouldn't that's he? True. You know, we don't know. That's, All right. In another science-based one, uh, Isaac Newton invented the cat flap. True or false? 
Uh, that is true. So uh, I think, in fact, I think, in fact, we have one. Is anyone else in it apart from this gentleman here? There, you've won straight away. You don't even have to come up with a funny answer. Uh, you'll get. Hang on, I've got to get some money out. <laughs> she said, kings don't carry cash. Wouldn't it be amazing if I got this out and had a picture of my face on it? That would be... Uh, there's 20, you get 20 pounds. That's the least money anyone's ever won here. But you also get the complete pumpkin. You get uh, two tickets to Roe Campbell. He's my favourite comedian. <laughs> I'm going to give you my wallet if I'm not careful, so I'm going to put that away. Uh, two uh, tickets to the political collective, and then there are some other tickets to give away, so and, uh, no one's done anything yet. But I'll give you... Uh, what's fucking wrong with me? I think I might, I might have some kind of disease. I think this might be the early stages of some awful disease. We're all laughing at Rich just dropping his Tascam recorder, pens going everywhere. Oh, it turned out, yeah, he had... It was the early stages of Parkinson's disease. <laughs> It was tragic. That was the. There, you can go and see Roe Campbell. Tell him I sent you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's two more for. Oh, well, I'm going to give. Uh, is anyone here on their own? Yeah. Yeah. They can look. You can go on your own to two shows. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, one more to. I'm going to. Uh, you, know, you know this lady. Look, go to Roe Campbell with him. There you go. No, you're not allowed to take him. There's one ticket. You've got to go with him. I'm, I'm trying to break up. I'm trying to break up. Really. He's a very good-looking young lad. He's, uh, he lives in York. Where does, your, where does he look? Where's this scruffy... Look at him. You're scruffy, but you're a very attractive woman. You can do a lot better than him. And it's him. He's much better. So I want you to go together. It's kind of... Oh, he's, he's, he's handed over the... Oh. You, you must be... You, you're gay, right? You must, you must be gay. That's the only... That's the only explanation. I set you up with a... Uh, and uh, is anyone here in a threesome? <laughs> yeah, there's three tickets to the Political Collective, the best political-based uh, sketch show... <laughs> Fuck you! Uh, ..that is currently going on. <laughs> if you like, we can have another little chat for five minutes. Right. This is very unusual, but yeah, let's, uh, let's awesome. go into it. Um, tell me more about <laughs> your life. <laughs> I'll tell, I can tell a story about... Um, uh, well, in fact, I probably should have done this in the quiz about facts, but... Yeah. Um, it is a fact that I delivered my own son onto our bathroom floor. That right, was when he was born, rather than <laughs> as a, call it a postage. But, um, he, uh, <laughs> he was, so he was, my, my wife was um, due to give birth in three days' time, so she was basically 98.9% pregnant, I think, mathematically. <laughs> and um, and uh, she said, uh, I think, it, uh, well, she, she, so she had a bath and... Um, take the pressure off her exploding torso <laughs> and then said uh, I think it's coming out and um, <laughs> uh, I sort of slightly panicked and um, uh, then she said uh, I can feel its head and I said no you're overreacting <laughs> 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 turned out weren't the words that she wanted to hear in those situations <laughs> and it was very difficult for me because there was a test match on at the time <laughs> and um, and uh, it was uh, England uh, and India, and I'd been listening on the radio, and then my wife went into labour. And uh, <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so when she went into labour, our first child had taken like 14 hours to come out. Um, so I thought, I've got a bit of time, I'm going to have a cup of tea and I'll check the cricket score. And, um, <laughs> you know, if my wife wanted to have a husband who, you know, if she didn't want to have a husband who was, you know, worrying about what was happening in a fascinating test match in Madras whilst she was 
going into labour with his child. She married the wrong fucking guy. <laughs> Gotta have ground rules. So, um, anyway, so it ended up, uh, then uh, she said, yeah, I can feel its head. And, um, and yeah, time sort of stood still and I searched, I searched for the hero inside myself. And he wasn't in. <laughs> and in fact, all I found was a large pile of unopened post addressed to the hero inside myself, <laughs> suggesting that he never even lived at that address. So, um, but anyway, so we called, um, we ended up calling 999. And uh, have any, any of you ever delivered a child or not? Professionally or for fun. Because <laughs> it's genuinely heart-stoppingly terrifying moments. So I'll share the advice I was given on this highly complex technical medical matter of how to deliver a human child on this 999 course. What they said to me, they said, don't drop it. <laughs> that, was, that was it. Don't drop it. <laughs> so I was... Um, so everything that could go wrong... It sounds quite simple, doesn't it? But everything go wrong kind of flashed through my brain at that moment. You know, would it come out the right way around? Would it be breathing? Would it be wearing its umbilical cord as a cravat? Which was quite a major concern, because these initial moments are crucial to a child's subsequent psychological development, and if that had happened, I'd worry he'd spend the rest of his life dressing like a tool. <laughs> and um, and so I was kind of I was crouching down in the middle of my bathroom floor, like a wicketkeeper, just trying to, trying to remember the basics of my childhood cricket coaching. You know, eyes on the baby, watch the baby all the way into the hands, and just give with the wrists. Give with the wrists as you take the catch. And if things aren't going too well... Sledge the batsman. <laughs> You're looking pretty ridiculous now, love. You've let yourself go in the last nine months. <laughs> Call yourself a hotshot lawyer. You don't look like one from this angle. <clears throat> Let's have this baby walking in. So... <clears throat> so, so, so I'd been in this sort of all-over body panic in the moments leading up to it. But I managed to stay just calm enough and I did watch it all the way into the hands. I caught it. I gave her the wrist. I caught my own child. Amazing thing. I looked at it for a second, threw it in the air, high-fived the wife. <laughs> Very good. Go. That is Andy Zoltzman. You, you are on at whereabouts? Stand? 4.25 at Stand 3. That's and, and also midnight, Political Animal Midnight, midnight here, here Monday, in Stand 1. Monday to Thursday. Uh, go and see the Behemoth. Behemoth. Behemoth, you can say however you want. Uh, at 4.45 at the Pleasance Below. Come and see me, uh, Richard Herring. What is love anyway? 8.50 at the Cow Barn. Uh, our guests tomorrow are as yet unbooked. Could be anyone. Could be Stuart Lee. Could be. It's worth turning up to find out, isn't it? He's con probably going to do one of them, and I'm not going to tell you which one it is. So uh, uh, <laughs> it could well be him. Uh, and uh, but thank you very much to everyone for coming. We please give a massive round of applause to my guests, Andy Zaltzman and Nadia Kamal and John Lee Roberts, the BMR. Thank Thanks to everyone at the stand. Thank Come you. and see everything at the stand. It's the best venue in the world. <laughs> Come down here. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>